0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Salamu alaikum, everyone, and Eid Mubarak. I hope everyone had a wonderful Eid wherever wherever you are. And uh, right before this, I was listening to CNN, and people reporting that there are like these crazy parties happening all around the world, or not around the world, around the U.S. Like people are gathering and doing unbelievable things. So I hope you're being safe wherever you are. Um, I'm so excited that we're here again for another session. We definitely missed all of you. It was really, we were getting into a groove. Oh, of course. uh, I still haven't learned. (laughs) You have no idea what I'm saying. All right. Okay, I'm gonna put someone in charge of like, reminding me to put on the professor's ears. (laughs) So, or maybe that's by design. Maybe he doesn't want to know what I'm saying, so I don't embarrass him. I was just commenting that right on right before this on CNN, there are like reports of hundreds of people like gathering for parties and going nuts. So it's a little insanity. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm so excited, Alhamdulillah, that we're able to gather again because it was just so nice, like we got into this rhythm of seeing everybody on Saturday and then when we had a Saturday where we didn't see people, all of a sudden it felt very lonely. So we missed all of you very much and I'm really grateful that we're all here together again. Um, I just wanted to do a few housekeeping things and just share a few stories before I don't want to take too much time because I you know this is like precious time to know more about the Quran Um, but just an update on the new Quran um, Halakha project you know that we are as I've said um, trying to get the equivalent of 400 people donating $100 a month for a year and so we now are at 148 people as of last night um, we had a launch good campaign that was um, really good. We raised um, about $7,500 and it was kind of a last minute like, okay, let's just run something for the first 10 days of dual Hijjah and see how we do. So I just, you know, set the, um, the um, goal very low, around like 3,000 something. And alhamdulillah, we were able to um, raise, you know, a good amount of money in a very short amount of time. Um, I just want to mention, I know that Sharif had sent out an email um, asking if anyone was interested in being part of a a special task force to try and – you know, do other things to raise money. So um, I know that he he wanted just to let let people know, wanted me to let people know that he is planning on um, reaching out again soon with um, more details. But if anyone is still really interested in being part of that, then please feel free to email Sharif, C-H-E-R-I-F, as in Frank, at usuli.org, or you can email me too. Um, the other thing is I'm excited. Um, I, I mentioned this in my weekly email. If anyone is not receiving my weekly email um, and would like to receive it, um, email me at grace at usuli.org. I can add you to our weekly subscribed uh, list or you can also go to our website and you can subscribe yourself there as well. And every Friday you'll get an email. I usually stay up pretty late Thursday night, kind of like putting it together and then you get it like in the wee hours of the morning <laughs> and then it just like reminds you to come Um, You know join us for our different activities, but just also gives people an update on what's happening on our end So I was happy to announce that um, actually I didn't even tell the professor this next week I'm going traveling virtually I'm gonna be going to Sydney Australia and the UK and the East Coast and the West Coast and so we're introducing a coffee in question with me So it's just an opportunity for people to, you know, meet me and meet each other because I know we've, you know, gone to different places and people have asked, you know, be really wonderful if we can meet other people where we live. Of course, now with the pandemic, it's not really as big of an issue, but still it's nice that, um, you know, if you know someone in your area, um, it's an opportunity for all of us to sort of gather and just kind of have a nice casual conversation and, for me to meet more, more of you. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and so there are different times. Um, so it's gonna be starting Saturday, August 8th. Um, my first trip is to New York um, or the East Coast at 5 p.m. on Saturday, the 8th. And then on Sunday, the 9th, um, I'm going to Sydney, Australia, 11 a.m. local time. And then the UK, 9 a.m. local time. And then uh, here in the West Coast, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So hopefully you guys can join me for that. So um, I just wanted to share, you know, I I love sharing kind of messages that I get. And, you know, please forgive me if you're the one who sent me this message and I didn't ask for your permission before. I try to keep it very anonymous, but sometimes these things are so beautiful that I can't help but share. Um, So this one um, is a really, this is probably one of the most touching messages that I've gotten. And, you know, like a lot of these messages, as I've said before, really make us, like, one, feel the impact of the work that we're doing. It makes it a lot less lonely um, and it, it just feels very um, gratifying. So this is from um, someone who, whose son actually helped her find her faith again. So um, she, writes, she writes to me about her son saying that her son started his research into Islam out of love of learning and connection to his heritage, and after a period of wander, trial and tribulation into his research, um, he discovered the teaching of the professor and was smart enough to relinquish all others and put his focus on this brilliant scholar. After having seen what um, Oh, actually, you know what, I wanted to start by this. let me th- I, sorry I missed a first sentence I wanted to express my gratitude for the opportunity provided to me to reevaluate my faith in the religion which I received from my parents and rediscovered from my son so i um, her son did a period of wander, found was smart enough to relinquish all others and put his focus on this brilliant scholar and after having seen what this teaching had done to his soul and his ever-loving personality I was convinced that I wanted to know the God that he had come to worship and the rest is history so um, we're so grateful to receive the blessings of the professor's teaching um, through your gracious, gracious generosity of sharing this online. so I just thought it was so beautiful that you know this person had an opportunity to rethink what she discovered from her parents through her son and that's like a dream that I think every parent shares is just you know always praying that their children will stay close um, so that was particularly touching for me um, the second is sort of an interesting. Um, like example of the progression of time so this is someone who contacted me on Facebook um, and this the first contact was back in 2018 at the end of the year so two years ago and this person she asked me you know can you please um, give me any recordings or articles that dr. Abel Fuddle has on Dua and its acceptance I urgently need this issue. Um, I need this because it's really testing my faith. You know, none of my prayers ever get answered. No, none of my dua ever get answered. It doesn't matter how much I fast. pray, give sutta. supplication never seems to get translated into reality. I n- need to know where I'm going wrong and how to achieve what I want in life through supplications. And so you know at that point, I was like, okay, well, I, you know I'm not going to answer this person because you know clearly this person is very early in their journey and still of the mindset that you know God needs to deliver on my time and if I'm not praying or I'm not doing something right or I'm not giving enough then why am I not getting what I want when I want it and you know we obviously know from where we are going you know what we teach here and what we talk about here that it's not (laughs) on your time it's really gonna be on God's time and what's best for you and your development so that was the end of 2018, and then I didn't hear anything from her all through 2019, then 2020, back then now in June. Um, so she says, gonna um, come Grace. How are you? I'm diligently following the Sheikh's regular halakhas and every time, they just blow me away." And in a recent halakha, Dr. Fuddle mentioned um, that each surah has an associated dhikr to it, and a surah can become part of you only if you accompany it with that specific dhikr. How do I find out more about this? So obviously she had watched one of the new Quran halakhas where the professor was talking about how, you know, every chapter has its own dhikr. So I told her about the the new Quran project and how we're trying to raise money for it, and then she thanked me and, and said that she, you know, was going to donate. So just this past week, she wrote me and said, Dear Grace, I wanna share something with you. I am a 40 year old woman who was going through a tough time for many, many years and no amount of prayer or sedica helped. This strained my relationship with my Lord. I held a a grudge against him and kept looking for answers for many issues that I see, to things I see happening in the world. One day I found the videos of the Usuli Institute and I found them interesting. Slowly, they became my everyday companion for when I go on my morning walks, and I started to get some of the answers that I was looking for. After I listened to the halakha of Surah Rahman, my grievances towards Allah were instantly removed. I feel much lighter and hope that Allah holds my hand not to go astray anymore. And then she asked for us to pray for her. So I just was blown away, because if you look at the transition from the end of 2018 to just this this past week, I, you know, I wrote to her, well, it sounds like God finally answered your, your prayers and your Sadaqah. You know, you, you found, you know, that investing the time in the knowledge and finding us made a difference. So, alhamdulillah, I thought that was incredible. And my last story, actually, I was like looking at those two and I thought to myself, just right before the Halakha started, I wish I had just one more to round it out so I could have three examples. And then literally like not within five minutes, my email like went off. And God answered my prayer so I thought I didn't even have time to print it out so I'm gonna read it to you from my phone so this was an amazing email that I literally just received not half an hour ago so um, dear grace I just wanted to share that I have almost caught up with the recent flurry of Quran Halakas I still have surah Rahman to experience which I hoped I would have seen before tonight's halakha however at least now I have one more thing to look forward to I would say that the most of my experience of the Quran has been one of aiming to understand the theoretical exegesis of it. What the professor has really presented to me through these halakhas is the character of the Quran. He has made it come alive. I find that the times we are most receptive to truths are during hardships, when one's one's ego is humbled. On a global level, we are in the midst of an unprecedented event that has revealed and highlighted so many injustices, and for me, on a personal level, going through a difficult situation, these halakhas are my anchor. During the Quran Halakha on Surah Hadid, when the professor reeled off a list of hardships that perhaps require us to be like iron, he mentioned a few terrible things like the death of a child and bereavements, etc. It sounded like he got to the end of the list. And I remember thinking, well, what about a divorce? And then after a pause, he said it. I felt relieved because I was helped so much by that Halakha with my personal circumstances going through a divorce. And in that moment, I felt so comforted as, it, as if it was almost the professor was talking directly to me. I think i prayed a lot to bless the professor about a thousand times in the following few seconds anyway i just wanted to share that with you and i look forward to the next session so alhamdulillah you know we we do get a lot of messages like that where people say that they feel like god is speaking to them directly through you know through these things so i just wanted to share those and i i just you know thank you from the bottom of my heart there they mean so much i mean it's like um when you hear these stories of you know changes that you make in people's lives it's it just i can't even like i don't have words to express how much it means but thank you so much and i'm, I'm always happy and honored to hear your stories so if you want to share you know we'd be very happy to know um and again i apologize if you become sort of my unwitting example <laughs> of you know things that go on so um forgive me for if i shared something that was uncomfortable to anyone but thank you all so with that. Um,
1: uh, I I I forgot my notebook. Oh. I need to go get it.
0: Do you know where it is, or can I get it for you? You're
1: yeah, not going to recognize that. Okay.
0: No. So professor needs to go grab his notebook. Okay.
2: Selamunaleyküm, so
0: um, Grace. alaikum. I just wanted to check. You had talked
2: about the virtual um, uh, global kind of tour that you're going to be doing. Yes. And, um, it's a very- so we're invited for that to be able to
0: join you on those. Oh of course. Yes, please. Okay. I would I would love that. So and you can okay, you can um you can join at any time that's convenient for you. So, you know, I mean it's better if you can join wherever you know, where your time is so that if the pandemic ever ends, then you actually, you know, might know people in your area. But that would be fabulous. Yeah. I apologize if I forgot did
2: already send a list you because you I did Yeah,
0: so it's, if you, do you get, um, you get our weekly email, it's in there. So I listed, yeah, so I listed the times. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, it'll be a chance. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that it'll be an opportunity where everyone can like kind of say a little bit about themselves too. And um, that way, you know, people can get to know one another and then hopefully we can create a group. And and in the big scheme of things, I would be super excited. Um, We're talking about my travel. Oh. (laughs) We're talking about my travel plans next week. Um, It would be really cool to like create sort of like support clusters, right? So, and if, if these communities can grow, like, you know, I imagine, I know there are a lot of people in the UK that follow what we do. If we had a community of Wasuli people in the UK, for example, we could even set up, you know, like direct events between UK people not that we you know obviously other people could watch but just to have like really cool um, communities and then we could start like pitting you guys against each other and having competitions like who can read the most (laughs) or who can you know who can raise them you know I mean it just it never ends but I you know the thing that is really beautiful I think um, like with the pandemic it's really lovely that we have been able to connect with so many people and you know it's it's different you know we were talking about this the other night like when when we really were just having people come to Los Angeles, we were really just limited to one geographic location. We didn't really have people dial in. So um, you know, this way we really find um, I think people who have, you know, like traversed a lot of common ground, right? Because I think that when people come and find a Suli, they've gone through you know they're they've gone through a search, they're looking for something different. And so that shared mm. experience, you know, has it gives people a nice commonality, and so I think you know, even though it's not a ton of people, I think that the, the experiences are really just so valuable, and um, and when you put those people together, it's something very beautiful. So you know, that's I hope to create more of that through those kinds of interactions. So yeah, definitely, please please join me. Okay, shall we start? All right, if everybody could mute their mics, please, we get started. You can take,
1: you can take this off if it's fine. Okay. as alaykum, everyone. Eid Mubarak. Thank you for the wave. Um Rahim Okay um So inshallah we will be doing surah As-Sajdah uh i don't know if if grace had already mentioned this uh we um we received another sizable donation uh and the family didn't want their name mentioned and um there is no better way to honor uh families that uh, give a sizable donation other than doing dua for them uh, than to actually have another halaqa so uh, you ha- you have that family to thank for this halaqah alhamdulillah i i still i mean i i pray that in- in- inshallah that um this Project is able to get off the ground. um, I Can't imagine something more important for Contemporary Muslims than understanding the Quran and I can't I can't imagine anything that is more core To who we are as Muslims Uh, If and it's it's really quite simple if we have a relationship with the Quran then we have a relationship with God and then we are on the right track even if on here every now and then our ishtihad on things is wrong but a relationship with God allows us to continue on with the process of ishtihad and to engage the possibility of allah's blessings barakatullah and الله, the, allah's aid um, if we don't have a relationship with the quran uh, then we we're marching in the dark um you know we we might pray for a surat mustaqim we might be saying all the time That's what we do in every salah, right? We we read the Fatha, we ask Allah to give us a salat al-mustaqim, the straight path. But the truth of the matter is, without a relationship with the Quran, your prayer is nothing more than wishful thinking. And you don't have the mechanisms uh, to interrogate and to think carefully about whether in fact you are on a sirat mustaqim or some other sirat some other paths uh, it is really only a relationship with the Quran that allows you that and I also b- believe that if you look around the Muslim world and you see the state we're in decide the the the, something as basic and as um, elementary as um, the genocide that is going on in China the genocide that we didn't learn anything from that went on in Bosnia the so many genocides, genocides perpetuated against muslims in around the globe uh you know this Eid, we were greeted this Saeed was thousands of jewish settlers storming the al-aqsa mosque which since donald trump came to power The Jewish settlers, protected by Israeli police, have become into in become. It has become an actual regular habit. They regularly storm the Aqsa Mosque, and when Palestinians try to resist or defend or propel them, they are arrested and charged and imprisoned. And the. If you look around the Muslim world and you see the absolute lack of reaction, uh, or you look around the Muslim world and you see the the genocidal tragedy going on in Yemen, uh, the curse of al-Dawaj or ISIS or um, whatever you choose to call them, uh, that the that plague that has afflicted the ummah, you you see the the state of um, the lack of value to human life that we see in Iraq and Syria and uh, Libya and Yemen and so on. After all of these years, I have become firmly convinced, firmly convinced that it all grows from the fact that our Ummah has lost its connection to the Qur'an. We, we read Qur'anic verses, we recite Qur'anic verses, but they don't have earth-shattering powers upon us anymore. And we'll talk about that, the The reason I talk about this is because Surat as Sajda deals with this very topic and I'll show you how, inshallah. We human beings, we human beings have a miraculous thing that Allah has given us called consciousness. Philosophers and scientists have been debating what is consciousness for a very long time and in fact it it had the question of consciousness had even engaged far back as the Greek philosophers uh you might think it's easy to define, but it's actually one of the most challenging philosophical questions. What is consciousness uh, what it, What does it mean to have consciousness? Because how you define it philosophically will have numerous ethical implications upon the way you navigate life Uh, whether all states of consciousness are equally valid or equally worthwhile or equally recognizable at what point can we say that consciousness no longer exists so you know We all know people who uh, were afflicted with with diseases where, step by step, they lost their memory, for instance. Arguably their conscience, but their memory bank, whatever defined them as a human being, uh, is gone. If the human consciousness is equal to the consciousness of a sheep or a goat then by what right can you eat a sheep or goat? Can we say that human have con- humans have consciousness, but animals don't have consciousness? Can you say that animals have consciousness, but plants don't have consciousness? How about something like the coronavirus? Is that Does that virus have consciousness? And if so, then can we exterminate that virus without an ethical pause? But if you say a virus doesn't have consciousness, then we go back to that question, well, how do you define consciousness? In addition to consciousness, we have that remarkable thing called free will, is that by making a decision, you know, if you can even imagine a dog, and the dog likes balls. Our dogs like balls, um, or at least some of them. And a dog is sitting and sees a ball and goes after the ball and picks up the ball in the dog's mouth. Has... Has the dog exercised a will? But, and if you say yes, then is that identical to the will exercised by human beings? And if you say no, well, how so? Is acting upon instinct or whim a will? At what point, if you say yes, then there is so much in the universe that acts upon instinct um, without variation. But if you say no, um, then that poses a whole set of other problems. So anyway, consciousness and will is has always been a a very challenging philosophical and even scientific question Now the reason i give this introduction i think it will come clearer later but the, the keep in mind that your consciousness is shaped by a by a a, a numerous set of factors uh the all craft and engineer and chisel your, what you know, what you call your will, in a variety of ways. We we do things because of a variety of influences upon us. And initially, as we are firstborns and growing up and uneducated, and um, even. Uh, i'll use that this term with a little bit of reservation uneducated and unsophisticated or uncivilized um it, it, our willpower it, our consciousness and the, and and then our willpower is shaped often by stimulants that surround our environment that are neither Carefully scrutinized or even methodically held. So, in other words, it, there are a lot of us that are like the leaves of a tree. The wind blows us one way, and the, then another wind blows us the other way. And in fact, this is the way we start out. And this is a stage, and again, I'll come back to it when we when we start when we talk about Surah Sajda. Uh, we are influenced by semaine, uh by hearing. What, what this means is that you are influenced by stimulants that are not scrutinized critically or held methodically. Uh, you, you're simply the sum total of a variety of influences that impact upon your consciousness, that in turn shape your will, in a variety of ways. You might think that you're autonomous, you might think that you're sophisticated, you might think that you know who you are and what you want, but in fact, very few of us know who we are and what we want. Very few of us uh, have gone through that process where we are fully conscious of who we are and exercise our willpower accordingly. So, at the most basic level, what shapes your orientation? What shapes your uh, avoid avoid or claim tastes, your likes and dislikes, what repulses you and what doesn't repulse you, what you consider to be appropriate or consider to be inappropriate, what factors are woven in that negotiate and navigate that remarkable thing that you call, call your consciousness, and as a result, your will. And if you look at so many Muslims in this day and age, the proposition is very clear from the Quran. Allah reminds us again and again and again in the Qur'an that the single most important factor that should be influencing your consciousness and as a result, your willpower, the single most important factor should be your relationship with Allah. the single most important factor should be your relationship with Allah. After all, that is the test. That is the challenge. But how can you have a relationship with Allah if that relationship is not structured, is not structured, and channeled through the revelation. If your relationship with Allah is not channeled through the revelation, through the Quran, and note here I'm saying the Quran, not not Islamic law, not the Sharia, uh, for, for, you know, for our purposes, we'll just use, define sharia as Islamic law. Not history, even if, you, if your relationship with Allah is negotiated and channeled through the hadith and sunnah. The hadith and sunnah people are history. They're history. They yes, they are a history about the Prophet, perhaps even put, placed in the in the mouth of the Prophet, but they're still history. The Quran is not history. The Quran is a living text. The Quran and the author of the Quran is not dead. The author of the hadith and sunnah is dead. Peace and blessings be upon him. But as honorable and as inspiring and as beautiful as he was, because he's human and because he's dead, he is a part of history. Be on guard whether you channel your relationship to Allah through a living institution like the Quran, the the ongoing revelation or whether you channel your relationship with Allah through factors that are not part of the divine revelation, including history, including traditions, including customs, including nationalisms, including classism, including sexism, including all the isms that you can think of and that is exactly the way so many of us human beings are we 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 believe or we claim that we have a relationship with Allah but if you look at that relationship you are you discover that it is channeled through our reading of history which you know it could be very good. It could be excellent. It could be very bad. It could be horrible. But nevertheless, it's a it's a dead instrumentality. Or through tradition, well, our the 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 main influence upon our relationship with Allah is that we saw other people do it, and it must be that these people know. Uh, uh, it must be that those people um, are in the know, it must be that these people know what they're doing, so that's how I do it. But there are also worse possibilities, because so many of us, we claim to channel our relationship with Allah, but in fact, if you journey with the Quran, you discover that, you know, only true God is yourself, that you've really been a self idolator uh, uh for a good part of your life, that you, you really worship yourself. Um and and so many of us, by the way, do that. So many of us worship ourselves, so many of us are egos has obfuscated and confused things to the point that we no longer uh, can differentiate between ourselves and anything else, leave alone Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you take the Muslim ummah and you ask that simple question, to what extent is that Muslim ummah, in its value systems, in its uh, decision-making processes, in its state of consciousness, in the willpower that follows from that state of consciousness, to what extent is it shaped influenced or possibly crafted by the Qur'an? And if the answer is very little because we really don't understand the Qur'an, then we are in serious trouble. And I think the state of the Muslim Ummah today is the biggest proof that when the Qur'an tells us that the Prophet, ﷺ complains to God, my Ummah, that my Ummah has abandoned this Qur'an. That's precisely the type of situation that we see. So, a lot of these themes will come back through Surah to Sajda. But um before we get there, so it is obvious why I think the Quran um you can't get more critical and more important than that. And I pray to Allah, I, I uh, you know, everything is according to Allah's will. But I pray in Kanafi al Khair that Allah would enable me to complete the entire Quran, um, at least in recorded form, to, to leave it to posterity. Um, before time time runs out, and that's something that uh, you know only the most unwise um, don't think about the time running out. Uh, I'm both Grace and Sharif have urged me to not do the traditional Holocaust halakha, anymore and to replace the traditional halaqahs with this halaqah. In other words, in st- every date we have for the traditional halaqah, instead of doing what we've been doing in the past, to just present yet a, 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 a new surah. Um, my hesitation about this is that I know that, you know, if we do a surah once every month, I don't think I'm going to live long enough to complete the Qur'an. If we but my main hesitation is that I'm worried that then so c- clearly we need then to do we need that year that we've been talking about to to try to go through uh all of the Quran or most of the Quran plus as we will as I will talk about in a second um, in an example with Surat Maryam, there are things that can only be taught through an extensive interpersonal instructional process. Um, So my worry, though, is that if I cancel the traditional halakha and present in new surah, every halakha that then people who might be inclined to donate would say, do what Muslims always do when it comes to Islamic knowledge, say, well, you know, he's doing it anyway, so why donate? Uh, So in other words, that doing that will kill off any possible donations we might get so we can dedicate that year that we've been talking about. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. I know what Grace Reef think. They, they've already talked to me about that. Want- yeah, I want to I know what they think.
0: Hang on, you guys. I'm just going to see
1: if I can turn on the closed captioning. So- or we can just say and you okay. translate. Yeah. Uh, was I clear about my concern yeah
0: Yeah. Um, does anyone if anyone wants to say something go ahead and raise your hand and then I can also convey what you say I I mean I noticed that that a lot of people were nodding their head when you said that you're worried about people not um donating anymore because it continues anyway
1: yeah so i mean the bottom line is because we do have a traditional halakha date coming up i i want to know do i keep on with the traditional halakhas or do i cancel the traditional halakhas and do this instead and but if so is that going to kill the donations
0: so rami commented that he agrees with me and Sharif, and Enjim had a comment. Do you, Enjim, do you want to just state
2: what your suggestion is? Sure. So, like, um, um, yeah. So, I'm, one of the thoughts, just, that, came of the thoughts that came to my mind, mind is, that, is that, um, if it was kind of a way to do something in between, if you want to do something in between, uh, so that you're not also so you having to completely bring so a full stop to it until to you get the full funding, but neither, funding but neither are you having to having completely to replace, the, replace the, helica the helica and just say just you know say, um we're going to do this, this. and it's i mean i i have a, a, lot I a lot of respect for the amount, the amount of effort, effort and effort effort um energy, and energy that this work is taking, that this and, work is so, taking and so um I'm, I'm thinking in my head in that my head, you could almost do a kind of a membership, members kind of a membership situation, situation where situation people who give people a certain, amount, a certain of money, amount of money or people who are able to help raise money, a certain amount of money can continue to do, continue kind of come in and to do come this in, in, in a more closed, and closed, closed, closed circle. And the people who do the are doing those donations are invited into that. And That's what I'm thinking about. I don't know if you guys like that idea at all, but that way, you don't have to feel like, you, have to feel you know, you're giving it for free, yeah. and they're I'm not trying to make this free, into a legal scheme, but so I understand what is the here if you can't make those funds. So I'm just saying there might be reasons. a way to tweak this one so one one that it's done, way to done to this. where so so you, done to do you do this kind of very specific project piece. You know, more gradually, as we're looking for getting more, more funding, we're then you to also have to, to make it a little more smooth and let people know that look, I've given the cases Now you can so join simple. in into this if you're able to help them. So, so you can that, can and maybe so so it is into a whole project that happens. I don't know if that helps. I don't
0: know if that helps. Are, are you able to read? There's like a little bit of.
1: No, uh, it's too far away. Okay, but
0: uh, I can't Not pull it. No, plan. I can't pull it. Okay. Hang on. There's let me read some of the um, comments that people put in the chat. Okay. Um, I got to of this too. So it says, um, yes, I have some suggestion to rest. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Susan. Actually, yeah, if you guys, uh, you, you know what, it is better if you put it in the um, in the chat and then I can then I can read it I think that'll be more more efficient so okay Serene says if that's your concern that means that we should only be more rigorous with collecting funding however people need to hear this information more than the traditional Halakha since this is innovative unique and eye-opening while we have other videos from other scholars going over traditional text okay Um, and then Nora says, I really like both tafsir. I like the traditional tafsir as well because the professor encompasses and teaches us so much of his- the historical opinions in ways I've never heard. However, whichever is best, I would feel blessed to hear and learn. Cheyenne says, I think some of this conversation ought to be had in the task force meeting that Sharif is trying to arrange. That being said, I definitely am pro-New Quran Halakha. Okay. you. Uh, sorry, let me just make sure I didn't miss anybody else. Did anybody else want to make comments in the chat that I should share with the professor?
2: Good. I'm just typing something now. Okay. Um, That's, okay.
0: Go ahead, Joe. That's fine. Joe's typing something now. Are there any comments in the um, yeah. YouTube video? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to share any of them? Or? Oh, oh. Cool. I'm also, um, Shreve's going to send me the comments in the YouTube. So, oh, there's only one. Okay. You can take a picture of it and send it to me that way. Oh, okay. Okay, Joe says, um, it was my understanding that the New Quran Project wasn't just about the unique way of engaging the Quran. It was also about having a core group of students live closely with the professor and build some deeper Usuli Institute roots that way. Yes.
1: Yes, Yes. absolutely.
0: Absolutely, right. (laughs) Serene's like, yes. Um, So in that sense, I feel we need to stick to fundraising is the last comment of Joe.
1: Okay, is that it? Uh,
0: no, there's one more from the YouTube. Uh, maybe the hermeneutic surah and the new Quran version of the same surah in the same month. Read the one above what? Oh, sorry. The one above that? Oh, sorry. Never mind. That is the one above that. Okay. Maybe the hermene- hermeneutic surah and the new Quran version of the same surah in the same month. For example, if you're doing surah sajda in August, would you be able to do the hermeneutic version as well?
1: Yeah, that, that's very tough. Um, that's very, very tough. Um, because the traditional Holocaust are, are long enough as it is, and... Um, Yeah, that, that that would be rather challenging. Um, well, I mean, uh, I, the reason I, the, this is sort of um, a bit pressing is because I we do have a traditional haka coming up when in August.
0: Yeah, the second week of August.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm really, I've been praying about whether to do another surah that, traditional sense um okay well let's continue talking about it and you know if you have any further thoughts just email grace or sharif and
0: there's one okay hold on um and i know there's there's a
1: task force right
0: yeah there's going to be a task force so Zezin says my concern is from the content point of view if the surah is the long surah Doing the new method, in my opinion, will be too difficult to cover each surah for each meeting because normally it has many topics. If the surah is short, it may be easier to cover for each halakha. And then Endram says, yes, I would be fine with whatever you all decide. If fundraising has to be the only focus now, then so be it. Perhaps it's meant to be.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I, I think that was helpful, right? Okay.
0: Thank you, everybody.
1: Yeah, thank you, everyone. Um, you know, I, I hope... Allah will guide me soon um so I was actually struggling this week whether to present surat Maryam or surat as-sajda and um before we 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 jump into surat as-sajda I want to say something about surat Maryam the reason I I was struggling uh um for reasons that we can discuss later inshallah uh surah i always felt a a um a level of um, passion um in fact um a level of romance was surah maryam um it is remarkable it is profound um it is earth-shattering and at the same time having read as much as allah has enabled me to read in terms of the tafasir on surat Maryam and uh, what contemporary muslims say about surat Maryam, um it, it just um I mean it's very helpful and you, you get a lot of insights about the different ayat and so on but they they completely missed the point um, I believe Allah uh, they missed the point as to so much in the Surah the Surah Maryam would have been a good complementary surah to surat ar-Rahman because while surat ar-Rahman is called surat ar-Rahman surat Maryam is distinguished by the fact that it is the surah where the name ar-Rahman from Asma'ullah al-Husna is mentioned the most so ar-Rahman is mentioned in surat Maryam more than any other surah and there is a reason for that and of course you know we're not going to get into this reason now but there is a reason and it has a a a, a very profound multi-layered purposes in terms of islam's relationship to Christian revelation, Um, and the remarkable way that the Quran deals with Maryam when you compare that Quranic treatment of Maryam with what you find, for instance, in the Gospel of Luke, Um, and and how there are certain parallels between Maryam and the Quran and Maryam and Luke, but the differences are far more fascinating. The other thing is we we need, we are in pressing need, we so badly need the type of Rahma, the type of, um, um, well, you know what Rahma is, you know, the the type of Rahmah, the type of mercy and compassion taught by Surat Maryam. Um, And especially when we coupled it, when we couple it with Surat Ar-Rahman. The reason I had to... The reason I had to... um, uh, I would say, reluctantly abandoned my plans to do Surat Maryam, is that this is one surah among several, but this is one example of a surah that really should not be presented uh, the way we presented Surat Ar-Rahman or Jassia or, or Sejda, that it is truly a surah that is best presented through the process of collective dhikr and the discussion process that I'm um, talking about. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah of Maryam keeps saying, وَذْكُرْ فِي Kitab, Remember in the book, such and such prophet, such and such prophet, such and such prophet. But, the Qur'anic treatment was Maryam and her role contrast to this call for recollection with other prophets. And the contrast is, is more fascinating um, than anything else. It, it, Maryam, as a woman, and is as a sadiqa, but Maryam as a woman has so much to teach us uh, contemporary Muslims. Uh, in terms of, of so much, the, the, her strength, her understanding of God, her understanding of uh, her role, um, it, it is an inspiring model in every sense of the word. And Again, while in the Islamic tradition you find many scholars who've written about uh, Maryam and debated whether she was a prophet or whether she was a صديقah, um a, a sort of a, a, a holy person, uh, but not a prophet. Whether, while, again, earlier generations of Muslims took that very seriously and had these debates and wrote about the type of role model that Maryam offered and so on, Um, the figure of Maryam and the role of Surat Maryam is completely empty in the modern Muslim world. And instead of doing what earlier generations have done and that is to take the uh, the character of Maryam and then complement it with other female characters like Khadija like Fatima Zahra like Aisha and through that, create a, an active energetic dynamic for understanding of the, of the role of women in society. So again, in pre-modern Islam, you you find many scholars who've wrote, written about Fatima zahra and Maryam, or, or Khadijah and Maryam or Maryam and all three, or Maryam and all four, including Aisha, if, if that was their... In the contemporary age, with all the, the stuff that we hear about gender all the time, that has been completely lost. To our great harm, to our um, great loss because you can't imagine what our Ummah lost when it lost the feminine model and it commercialized women, um, commodified women, like all modernity has done, commodified women presumptively as body parts, and then the struggle became, well to accept women as something other than body parts, uh, which is struggle, which is, you know, it's like the rules of the game are flawed. It's an already unhealthy and unsound dynamic because it was defined wrongly in the first place. Body parts or not body parts. Very different from the Quranic treatment of gender. But, you know, alas, I want students to experience with me praying on Surat Maryam, to experience the, emer- the emergence of the gendered model, um, to have the types of conversations that you need to have about Fatima, Zahra, uh, Khadija, Aisha, and Maryam. Uh, and that's a, a much more involved process, as you can imagine. So, I mean, after uh, uh, struggling with it and being harassed about it by grace, do surat mayim, do surat mayim, do surat Um Of course, she would, she would write it on, like, papers and hold it up every time I see her. She writes it on paper. Do surat mayim. I I just um yeah. So you know if you want to consider that a teaser because you know cuz Grace said oh you're teasing us you can't do that well I need someone to talk to. Um you know I I talked to her because I you know um yeah so anyway so if you want to this again uh, I think, as one of you uh, noted, uh, uh, the, 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 I I don't know when, in our modern history, there will be another opportunity like this. Uh, and not because I'm so wonderful, I'm not. Um, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but you know, we 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 have to deal with what Allah allows us to understand within a particular moment and deal with it to the best of our ability and um, yeah I mean I I uh, I lose sleep over the possibility of uh, going to my grave and not unloading uh, because I don't know how long we're going to have to wait before Okay. Surah al-Sajda. There are a couple more suggestions. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. What do you see? Oh. they have comments? Mm-hmm. You want to ask questions? No. Oh.
0: Just a few last comments before we move on. Um, these were um, related to what you were asking. <coughs> So Shereen says, one last thought um, to be read. Al- oh, okay. Perhaps we can focus on the new Quran halakhas until until a stopping point, say a month or two from now. Continuation beyond this point will be dependent on gathering sufficient funding, and this can be emphasized each time. That way the professor can have peace of mind to commit to one method of halakhas for the time being. Um, another suggestion, perhaps the professor can present a new Quran halakha in place of the traditional one whenever we reach a checkpoint on the way to 400 um or the equivalent so every 50 or 100 donors we get a new quran halakha this provides motivation mm. for fundraising and keeps the new quran halakha going while the fundraiser is going on that's a good idea
1: mm. these are really good ideas okay.
0: thank you everybody that's awesome
2: Okay.